0: Well, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Whatever is most appropriate for you as you are tuning into this podcast. Welcome to a brand new day with Stephanie J. I thank you so much for taking time to join me. I am your host, Stephanie J. I'm sure you know that by now. But this is the day that the Lord hath made, and I hope you're rejoicing, and I hope you're glad in it because I certainly am. That scripture verse is found in Psalm 118, verse 24. What does it mean to rejoice? To experience joy and gladness in a high degree, to be exhilarated with lively and pleasurable sensations, to exalt. And my acronym for Rejoice is Reach Every Day for the Joy Offered in Christ to Everyone. So glad to be back with you today. I think, or at least I'm trying to wrap up the theme. I started talking about rising Uh, And I'm basically looking at the story in the gospel of John that talks about Jesus bringing his friend Lazarus back to life after being dead for days. And so I'm trying to offer encouragement and I hope that it's being received. I hope that after you heard that episode, it gave you some insight into how you can kind of change your thoughts and perceptions about what you're going through. I know on this earth, man, we go through some things individually, collectively, as you know, family units, as a nation, as a whole. You know, the pandemics, the epidemics that come up. You know, we've survived a lot of things, even as a nation, terrorist attacks and all types of flus. And I mean, this this is the reality of it. We are in a fallen world and we know that that story, it originates in the Bible back in the book of Genesis. We know about it. I've talked about it. Many other people have written books. There are many podcasts. There are many sermons on it. We live in a fallen world where the Bible tells us Satan, the adversary, the enemy of God, and also our enemy, if we belong to God, he's, he, well, he hates everybody. I'm not going to say that he's not your enemy, but he won't be coming after you so much if he already has you if you're on his team he'll at least try to play nice with you he'll act like y'all are cool you know he'll build you up he'll give you riches he'll make you famous make it all look good you know lead you down the road to temptations and have you diving in and indulging and getting into all kind of stuff and then he'll destroy you but um If you belong to Jesus and you're denying yourself, as he said, deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. And you're striving daily to live a righteous life. Um, I didn't say if you're perfect, because even as believers, we're not perfect. We're not perfect people. In fact, if you look through the Bible, this is a really good source of encouragement. I do it all the time. You look at the people who got used in the Bible, like the King Davids and Solomons and, you know, Saul and Gideon and Esther and uh, the Hebrew boys, you know, slaves, Moses, people had issues. Uh, Abraham, the father of the faith, lying, saying that his wife wasn't his wife. She was just his sister. Well, that was partly true. She was related to him. She was his sister by, um, his father and a different mother, but she was his wife. He did that to protect himself. So, you know, people in the Bible, they had issues. They had hangups, they had insecurities, they had problems. Some of them had blatant sins, but yet God used these people. I talked early in the podcast about King David, he was just as jacked up as a leader, as a king, you know, as a father, as a husband, and then he grossly sinned when he took Bathsheba, another man's wife who he saw bathing on the top of the roof when he should have been at war. <laughs> That's a different topic. He should have been at war, but he was home instead. And um we're not going to say that she was Uh, innocent in the situation because why were you bathing on top of the roof when you knew you could be seen? You knew that King was over there. I think she was trying to get his attention. But anyway, (laughs) it worked and the situation didn't turn out very great. So, you know, he impregnated her and then tried to convince her husband to go home and be with his wife so that they could say that the baby was his. So now that's a scandal. That's, you know, that's, that soap opera drama and all that kind of stuff. Well, it didn't work because Uriah the Hittite was a dedicated man and he was telling the king, I don't even know why I'm going here, but anyway, I like to talk about David. I don't even know how I segwayed over into this, but anyway, um, he said, how can I go home and be with my wife when my, you know, when my country is at war, that was dedication. David tried everything he could to get him to go. And, and finally, when that failed, he gave him a letter he said, take this back to, uh, I think it was Joab, take this back to him. And it's the letter read. And apparently he was really loyal and faithful that he didn't even open up the letter as he was taking it back. Man, you know, most of us would have probably snooped like, what does he have me carrying? And then you open it up and see that it says, you know, put Uriah on the front line, the hottest part of the battle, and then have him redraw- uh, <laughs> and then have the men withdraw Whew, that might've been a different ending to that story. I don't think he would have been that loyal to go back to that army knowing that the man is trying to kill him. So anyway, David was not perfect, but yet the Bible says that he was a man after God's own heart. God loved David. So guess what? He loves us too. We've all messed up. We've all slipped and fell. We've all made mistakes. We All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. As the book of Romans 3.23 says, there is no perfect person. The only perfect person that ever walked the face of this earth was Jesus Christ. How do I know that? Because the Bible tells us that. It says he was tempted in all points, just as we were, yet without sin. So he was the only one that could carry out the father's plan. For salvation. The penalty that needed to be paid for sins was blood. And it was his blood that was shed for the remission of our sins. But the story that we're looking at is about him raising Lazarus after four days of being dead. And I shared in you know the other scriptures, the other podcasts from the beginning. Jesus got word from someone that his friend Lazarus was sick and it says, and he chose to abide there two more days. He didn't get up and rush and pack up and say, okay, I can't finish what I'm doing here. Lazarus is sick. Come on, disciples. Let's go, you know, go find me a horse somewhere. Go get a donkey. Let's get out of here. No, he knew Lazarus was about to die, but he said, This sickness is not unto death. He already knew what was going to take place. So we need to have calm and rest and assurance when these things are coming at us, when we're faced with these situations, let's learn how to be like Jesus, because the Bible tells us that we are to imitate him, be imitators of him, learn how to relax, release, pray. Don't get all frantic. The Bible tells you be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, I think myself included, and I've gotten a lot better with this through the years. If we would just really begin to heed the word and not just read it, we would do so much better because you would say, okay, God, you said this in your word. Okay. You got it. I trust you. Okay, you said if I keep my mind stayed on you, you would keep me in perfect peace. Yes, you can have perfect peace even in the midst of a coronavirus like I did. I have perfect peace because I know my God and I know that he's able and I know that he's faithful. And I know that nothing that happens on the face of this earth takes him by surprise. He knows it all. He has his eyes everywhere at once, as the Bible says, because John tells us God is he can be everywhere. And so like Jesus, Jesus often slipped off to pray. You see most of his ministry, he spent more time in prayer and communion with the father than he did going around doing works, healing people and stuff. And once he came out of that fellowship with the father, his work was effortless. He walked, you know, come out of prayer and somebody would walk up to him. Hey, my son is a lunatic. Can you heal him? Hey, I need this. Hey, I need him. And, and it was like, yeah, be healed. Okay, eyes be open. Do you believe that? He didn't spend time praying and laboring. Oh, that's a different message. He didn't spend time at the altar praying and laboring over people and casting out devil. Come out, come out of him. <laughs> I used to attend an African ministry for a while and, and they would pray with you and be praying over people. And it was just kind of humorous to see, but they'd be all yelling up in a person's ear. I was like, okay, really? <laughs> come out, come out, be healed be healed. Jesus just simply said, shut up and come out of them. Come out. I command you to leave, be healed. And he had such a cold and assurance about him because he knew who he was. And so he did many, many, many great things, but guess what? The word says, he said, we'll do greater works than these. Hmm. How about that? So before I get into what's probably going to be the last part of this story, unless I get inspired with something else. <sighs> Cause I know there are a lot of you that need to rise up today. And so before I continue, I'm going to play another one of my songs and it's entitled, Help Me Find My Way. Now this song, I actually co-wrote with two other people and I only know one of them, actually met him a few times. It was a guy named Michael, and I no longer have the paper. It was in a file of mine that was in storage, but his name was Michael. And he came out to a church that I, I worked at and I exhorted over the worship and stuff. And so he'd hear me sing and he handed uh, the one of the receptionists there, a slip of paper. And he said, you know, would you give this to Stephanie for me? And it was just a quick paragraph. He said, you know, Hey, been hearing you sing like your voice. I think you can do something with this. And he said, I wrote this, uh, verse and uh, along with a buddy of mine. And I think the guy's name was James. He said, when I was in jail, he said, so I wanted to put it in your hands. Cause I know that you can do something with it. And it was like a, you know, a little, uh, verse and then I wrote around it and I added the hook and it's called uh, help me find my way. And that's what we want to do. We want to help somebody find their way today. I don't know why I keep feeling this or why I keep saying this, but it needs to be said. Suicide is not the way. I don't care how bad it is, how bad it's been. I don't care if it gets worse. It usually gets darker before dawn. Just look out the window sometimes, as I do. Sometimes I leave the blinds open and you'll see how extremely dark it gets and you can't see anything and then it'll get darker it'll get darker and then before you know it daybreak is breaking through and you'll start to see a little bit of light well guess what it's still dark when it's daybreak you still can't see clearly you still not are not going to see the way you see when the sun is shining like right now i'm looking out my window it's really bright out it's almost six o'clock Okay, it's bright, but as time goes on, it's going to get darker. And it's the same way with some of the circumstances in our lives. We want it to end quickly, we want to get through it right away. Job's trial lasted 41 and a half chapters, and that was going through all kinds of stuff. I mean, imagine, okay. I don't know. He's just giving me this stuff. So I'm just going to flow with it. That's what I do. That's what I like to do. I'd be a freestyle rap artist. So I guess I'm a freestyle minister. I like to just flow from the top of my head. All of this stuff is in my heart. The word is in me. I've been reading and studying for years so I can sit in front of a microphone and just talk endlessly. And that is the downpouring or the downloading of the Holy Spirit of God that lives in me because I pray and I tell him whatever you want me to say. Speak it through me. Give it to me. Bring the scriptures back. And that's what he does. So just bear with me about it seems like I'm going off on a tangent. I just may have to do another episode and finish off Lazarus. But this stuff starts getting good to me because it's the word. That's why the scripture says in Psalms, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. When you taste this word and you really see, and then you begin to see manifestations from it, reading it for years and years and years. And then you start to see stuff in a, ooh, in a new light. It gets exciting. So <laughs> um, Job and I was getting ready to say, this is to encourage some of you out here. Okay, you're, you're dealing with a lot, right? But suppose just in one day, Suppose one day everything is going all right in your world. You're wealthy. You're well off. Your family is good. You have all these children. You're rich in cattle and land and oxen and you have servants and everything is gravy, as they used to say. And then all of a sudden in one day, you're just stripped of everything. And I'm not just talking about material possessions like I've lost. I'm not talking about a few loved ones like I've lost here and there. And I mean, those few and far uh, few it haven't been far between because we lost a lot of loved ones right in the row many years. And so um, I definitely know death and the grief and the hurt and the picking up the pieces, especially when it's your mother, the person who gave birth to you. The the person who is responsible for carrying me and bringing me here. I haven't seen her since I was 26. I'm I'm 49 and a half, almost 50. That's right. I said 50, almost 50, right around the corner from 50 in a few months and feeling good about it. Grateful that the Lord has blessed me and he's keeping me alive. So just imagine, think about your circumstances. I want you to visualize Think about all that you're going through. Think about the worst of it. Think about how bad it is. Now, imagine in one single day, your children are gone. They're killed in a horrible accident. Bands of thieves run off with all your cattle, your land, not your land, but all of your cattle, all of your oxen, all of your sheep. So your wealth is gone you know, the houses are destroyed. I mean, everything just happens at one time. The Bible says a knock came on the door, a knock came on the door. Another servant came, another servant came. This was Job's story. This was Job's trial. And if you've never read it, it is a very interesting story. But so he had all of this to deal with. And then if that wasn't enough, Satan said, um, you know I don't I don't want to get all into that again. I think I talked about it before, but it, it really was a battle between God and Satan. And God actually offered Job up, said, Hey, have you considered my servant Job? There's nobody like that boy. That's a bad boy. He's faithful, he's the Satan said, Yeah, because you protected him, you blessed him. Now put, touch him, touch everything around him, and see if he's still faithful. So after all of that happened, Job stayed faithful. In fact, I'm just remembering. I wrote a poem about it called Faith Like Job, and that poem is actually in a book called Simply Steph, Treasures of the Heart. Periodically, I do mention a book or something. I'm just newly starting to publish a lot of my works. And so I do have quite a bit of books and booklets on Amazon uh, listed under Stephanie D. Johnson. So uh, I wrote a poem about it. I was so inspired and moved about Job's trial. And after that, Satan said, But I bet if you would let me touch his body, he wouldn't be faithful. So the Bible says, God said, Okay, go ahead, just spare his life. He said, Don't take his life, but you can go ahead and afflict him. And the Bible says, Boils came all over Job from his head to his crown. Now, you imagine that. Imagine being in that situation. Now, I'm going to ask you a question and be honest. Does your situation look that bad now? Does it look that hopeless now? Hmm. I'm going to let you marinate on that while I play my song, Help Me Find a Way. Help me find my way. Right now, let's find our way back to Lazarus for my time is running down. (laughs) I'm going to pick back up John chapter 11. And I'm going to start at verse 30 and I will probably skip around a little bit for time's sake. But it says, now Jesus was not yet come into the town, but was in that place where Martha met him. 31, the Jews then, which were with her in the house and comfort her when they saw Mary, that she rose up. See, she rose up. I'm telling you today to rise up. She rose up hastily and went out, followed her saying, she go unto the grave to weep there. 32. Then when Mary was come where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet saying unto him, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. She said the same thing her sister said. 33. When Jesus therefore saw her weeping and the Jews also weeping, which came with her, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. 34. And said, Where have ye laid him? They said unto him, Lord, come and see. 35, the shortest verse in the Bible, Jesus wept. 36, then said the Jews, behold, how he loved him. 37, and some of them said, could not this man, which opened the eyes of the blind, have caused that even this man should not have died? 38, Jesus therefore again groaning in himself, cometh to the grave. It was a cave and a stone lay upon it. 39, Jesus said, take ye away the stone. Hmm. Right there. Some of you need to take the stone away. We got a lot of heavy stuff, heavy boulders, heavy stuff in the spirit realm, heavy stuff in our emotions that are blocking our miracle, blocking us from rising up, blocking us from coming out. And I know you might have people around you that are trying to keep you in that place. I've experienced it, been there, done that, still dealing with some of the residue of it. But I'm here to tell you today, you can rise up. And even if it starts with just changing your perspective, having a different attitude. We talked about that before. I talked about having an attitude of gratitude and thanksgiving even before. your situation changes. That would do wonders right there. 39 says, Jesus said, take ye away the stone, Martha, the sister of him that was dead, saith unto him, Lord, by this time he stinketh for he had been dead four days, four days. Keep that in mind. Four days. 40 says, and Jesus saith unto her, said I not unto thee that if thou wouldest believe?" thou should see the glory of God. 41. Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, father, see who's he talking to? That's who we always talk to. He communicated and connected with his heavenly father. How often do we do that? Or how often do we fail to do that? And I'm here to tell you, it makes a huge difference in the outcome of your circumstances, how much you connect to your heavenly father. I thank thee that thou hast heard me and I knew that thou always hearest me, verse 42 says, always. But because of the people which stand by, I said it that they may believe that thou hast sent me. 43 says, and when he thus had spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. Now, if that's not rising up in a high degree, I don't know what it is. What was that scene like at that point, at that gravesite? I have no idea, but I can only imagine. There was fear, there was shock, there was amazement, there was joy. His sisters were happy. I'm sure they were crying and weeping and they probably hanging all over Jesus and just a state of probably pandemonium. I can't imagine, but it was, it was a miracle and it was awesome. Four days dead, Jesus is in another place. He gets there. God, he's been here four days. Jesus said, it doesn't matter. I am the resurrection. I am the life. Somebody needs to catch hold to that. I am the way, the truth and the life. Anything dead in your life, I promise you he can resurrect it. Don't give up hope. Don't turn back. Don't, don't do like I did. Don't keep staying in stagnant situations or staying in relationships that aren't serving a purpose. Sometimes you can be in a, a, a place in your life where you know you could be doing much better if it weren't for that or if you moved on in this direction, things could take off. Go through the grief. They were grieving and I'm going to have to pick this up again, but it's still, it's getting good to me. I'm, I'm starting to really feel this because I, I lived it and I know, but you know, a lot of times we we sit back and we make ourselves put up with stuff and we sit in situations or, or places that we know it's not conducive. It's like death all around us. We're not growing. Anything that's not growing is dead. It can be stagnant in in that state, not dead in a sense of really dead, but just deadness all around you. And we hold on to that because it's comfortable, because it's familiar to us. Go through the grieving process. Go through what you have to go through. Like my song says, you got to go through it to get to it but don't just stay there and stay stuck and stay dead when you can rise up. Let's talk about it again, at least in the next episode. It'll probably be the fourth part, and then I'll try to move on, but we'll see. Enjoy the rest of your day, and thanks so much for joining me.